We're so glad that all of you are here today at Harbor Church. Uh, we're kind of beginning our Christmas series called Christmas with Family, Christmas with Family. And that's kind of a, a, a two-part meaning in that idea of Christmas with family. The first is that we are celebrating Christmas as a family, as Harbor Church, but we're also taking the next few weeks leading up to Christmas to kind of look at the family of Jesus, talking about the family that Jesus was born into. And this is the time of year where we all hear the Christmas story. The Christmas story is everywhere that we look. It's everywhere that we listen. We can't really avoid the Christmas story. And I love that the Bible is full of not just instructions and not just lists and not just rules, but that it's full of stories. That so often the way Jesus conveyed the kingdom of God was through story. That so often the way we read about what God is doing in the Bible, it's through story. And I think it's because it's easy to identify ourselves and our circumstances and our situations in a story. You can watch a film or you can listen to a song, you can watch a TV show, and you can find similarities in yourself and in your story to people and circumstances that you never thought you could identify with. But, but suddenly through story, you realize how so often our lives align with one another. And what's amazing about the Christmas season is that thousands of years after this story actually took place, we're still celebrating it each and every year. We're still talking about it each and every year, that everywhere you go at the Christmas season, you are seeing and hearing the Christmas story. Every store that you walk into, it doesn't matter what kind of store it is, at some point you're probably going to hear a song that the lyrics of that song tell the Christmas story. If you turn on the TV and watch a Christmas movie, even if it's not a Christian movie, so often you're going to see elements of the Christmas story. But there is a danger when it comes to this idea of story, and that's this, is that often the more familiar we are with a story, the less we pay attention to that story. The, the less we pay attention to that story. You've all probably been in this situation. In fact, many of you maybe experienced this a couple weeks ago around the Thanksgiving table, but sometimes when you come together as a family, there are stories that somehow it seems like those stories always get told when the family is together. It doesn't matter that you've heard that story about how your aunt did that thing a hundred times. Somehow, when everybody's together around the same table, you begin to hear the same stories over and over. And this, this happens sometimes when you're in a group of people that everybody in the group kind of knows each other, but then there's some new people in the group. And so someone's telling the new people a story that you already know. And it's like, as soon as you hear the intro to the story, you're like, I know this story. I know the details of this story. I know where this story is going. And if you're like me, I hate to admit it, but so often when you hear those first few lines of a story that you know that you know, you kind of tune out. You're like, I know where this is going. I'm gonna take these next few moments to just slip in my own head and think my own thoughts for a few minutes because I know where this story is going. And I think so often that's what we do with the Christmas story. We know the story. A virgin named Mary had a baby named Jesus. He was sent by God. We know the story. But I think so often when we're that familiar with that story, we miss ourselves in that story. We miss how relevant that story still is to our lives today. We miss some of the details of that story that make it so impactful on us. 
I think so often we have this kind of uh, Christmas pageant view of Mary and we forget that what we know about Mary is that she was actually about a 13 or 14 year old girl when the angel came to visit her to let her know that she was going to be carrying the Messiah. That is a big piece of information for a 13 year old girl to process and then to walk through for nine or 10 months. And so I want to start with Mary this morning as we begin this Christmas with Family series. And we begin her story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And it says this, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary was greatly troubled at his greeting. Now, some translations say that Mary was overwhelmed by his greeting. Now, what's interesting about this is that the angel has not yet dropped the bomb on Mary. Literally, all he has said is, greetings, you who are highly favored. This sounds like it should be good news, and yet it says that Mary is greatly troubled. Mary is overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but I'm just glad to hear that the first Christmas started out with someone feeling overwhelmed, (laughs) because... Because so often the Christmas season, which should be a time of just pure joy and enjoying family and doing Christmas, sometimes it seems like the Christmas season is the most overwhelming season of the year. And so Mary starts out this first Christmas feeling overwhelmed. I'm sure that no one in this room can relate with walking through the Christmas season feeling a little bit overwhelmed by their circumstances. I'm sure that nobody in this room can identify with feeling a little bit overwhelmed about their family situation this Christmas. I'm sure that nobody in this room can identify with feeling a little bit overwhelmed about their financial situation this Christmas season. And yet it says that Mary was overwhelmed. And yet it says she was blessed and highly favored. This angel comes to her and says, you who are blessed and highly favored, and yet Mary is not feeling blessed and highly favored by his greeting. She's feeling fearful, she's feeling burdened. And I often wonder like why Jesus had to be the first child Mary ever had, because the first child is the most stressful child anyway. The first child is always the most stressful child because you have no idea what you're doing. And so it feels like God could have like given Mary at least a little bit of an upper hand and made Jesus like the second or third child. Because we just had our third child about two years ago. We love her. She's wonderful. But we parent her nothing like the first child. Nothing like the first child. We were at a birthday party yesterday, and she was sitting on the corner of a bounce house. And I could tell she was about to get bounced out. And I was like 30 feet away. And I was like, I think she's about to get bounced out. Yep, she got bounced out. The first child, I would have like sprinted to the bounce house and and like scooped her up in my arms and made sure that she didn't fall. Third child, I'm like, I know she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. She might fall. She's going to be fine. You just treat the second or third child differently. And so, so Mary not only is having her first child, her first child is going to be Jesus. The bar is pretty high. She's feeling overwhelmed. And the angel goes on in verse 30 and it says, but the angel said to her as she's feeling 
greatly troubled and overwhelmed. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now he's already said you have found favor with God, but clearly he can see that Mary needs to be reassured that this is a good situation. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Mary moves from being overwhelmed to questioning. And that is what being overwhelmed so often does to us. But we find ourselves first overwhelmed, and then we find ourselves questioning the situation that we find ourselves in. But how, Mary says, but how could this be because I am a virgin? And you know what I think is interesting about this? It is that the Bible is telling us that you can be blessed and highly favored and overwhelmed and fearful at the same time. You can be blessed and highly favored, and you can be overwhelmed and fearful at the same time. See, I think so often we think that those things don't align, that if we are blessed and if we are highly favored, then surely we will not feel overwhelmed by our circumstances. But, but what the Bible is telling us is that, that Mary is overwhelmed, but he's also repeatedly telling her, you're also blessed and highly favored. And so she begins to question, and, and you're probably not like me where you sometimes question the situations that God has you in. You're probably not like Mary where you begin to question how in the world this thing that he's asked you to do could possibly come to pass. But that is what Mary is doing in this moment. And what I think is interesting is she's asking the right question. She's asking, how is it possible that I could bear a child? How is it possible that I could bear a child since... I am a virgin. That is the right question. There is a, shall we say, process that has to be engaged in in order to be with child. That process is the same now as it was then. Mary had not engaged in that process. And so her question is, how is this going to happen? Because basically what the angel is saying to her is that you are going to give birth to this thing. You're going to carry this incredible thing, but the process is not going to look like anything you've ever seen or anything that you've ever expected. The process that you know is not going to be the process through which you birth this child. And so Mary is asking, but how could this possibly happen? It's the right question. And if she's understanding this angel right, then the process is not going to be what she expects. And I think so often for us, when we step into life, there is a certain process that we think has to happen in order for something to come true. We think that there's only one way that God can do what he's called us to do. We think there's only one way that life can play itself out. And yet what this angel is saying to Mary is that this thing is still going to happen even though you don't know how. This thing is still going to happen even though you've never seen this process. But here's the problem that Mary knows she's going to have when she's asking, but how? Is Mary knows the process by which one usually gets pregnant. And so does everyone else in her life. Everyone else knows that there's only one way that you become with child. And so as Mary's asking, but how, what she understands is that she's about to enter into a season where she's going to be extremely misunderstood, 
What she understands is she's about to enter into a season where nobody is going to believe her story. She's about to enter into a season where everyone is going to question what she's doing with her life. She knows I will be misunderstood. There's going to be this period of time where everyone is watching what I'm walking through and nobody understands. That I'm being asked to carry something that nobody will understand. And see, sometimes what I think we understand is that God will put something inside of us that we have to carry around that maybe people around us don't completely understand. That maybe people around us don't completely understand why we make the decisions we make. Maybe people around us don't understand why we take the steps that we take. And the question becomes, will you carry what God has placed inside of you through the questions? Will you carry what God has placed inside of you through the uncertainty? Will you carry what God has placed inside of you when nobody else understands what you're walking through? Will you carry what God has placed inside of you when you're overwhelmed? Will you carry what God has placed inside of you when you're questioning? See, I think what's so interesting about this story is that the moment that God called Mary to do something extraordinary, her life got more complicated. Her life got more complicated. It got more confusing. It got more misunderstood. And her response kind of gives some insight to what our response should be in these moments. She begins again with the question, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you said. See, in this moment of uncertainty, in this moment of questions, in this moment of being overwhelmed, Mary did the exact opposite of what we so often do. Mary gave up control. She gave up control. See, I think so often for us, the more overwhelmed we feel, the more control we seek. The more we misunderstand, the more control we seek. The the more questions we have, the more control we seek. And, And yet in this moment, Mary gives up control and says, God, may it be as your will is done. It doesn't say, oh, Mary understood everything, how it was going to unfold, and then she gave up control. It just says, Mary said, I am your servant. May it be as you have said. May it be as you have said. See, I think so often we have an idea of what what life should look like based on what we know we can handle. And so we, we say, God, you know, if I know that I could handle life, if I just had this house in this neighborhood with these neighborhoods and my kids were in this school and they had no issues in this school and I had this job with this salary, I know I could handle that. So those are the things I'm going to pray for. God, if you give me those things, I know I could handle my life. And so often what we end up doing is saying, God, here's my plan. Will you please bless my plan? And what God is saying all along is saying, no, here's my plan. Will you trust it? And we're spending our time trying to get God to bless our plan when he's just wanting us to trust his plan. 
He's not asking us to understand it. He's not asking us to know exactly how it's all going to unfold. He's just saying, here's my plan. Will you trust it? Psalm 138 verse 8 says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon me, for you made me. The Lord will work out his plan for our lives. See, maybe we should stop wasting energy trying to convince God to work out our plan when he's already promised us he'll work out his. He's already promised us he'll bless his. He's already promised us that he'll work out his. See, what happens so often is that we have this plan and God takes us further. God trusts us with more. He says, I know you think you can't handle what I'm telling you, but I know there's more in you. I know that you can handle more than you think you can handle. And guess what? What I'm telling you, you're actually right in in saying that you couldn't handle all of it. But that's why I'm reminding you that I am with you. Over and over, the angel continually tells Mary, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. It's this reminder that, yes, you cannot handle the plans that God has for you on your own, but the Lord is with you. And some of you are overwhelmed with your life circumstances. You think you don't have what it takes. You think you don't have it. You you think you need God to bless your plan. But you need to be reminded of what the angel continually reminded Mary, which is you are blessed, you are favored, and the Lord is with you that he is with you. Whatever you're walking through, the Lord is with you. The question is, will you trust the plan that God has for you, even if it's more complicated and more confusing than the plan that you have, even if it's more difficult than the plan that you have? I can tell you in my own life, I find myself often guilty of dwelling on my own plan rather than trusting God's plan of dwelling on my own plan rather than trusting God's plan. There are times in my life where I'm walking in what I know to be God's plan for my life, but in my mind, I am dwelling on the plan that I had for my life. In my mind, I am rehearsing the plan that I had for my life. In my mind, I'm rehearsing the steps that I've taken and the decisions that I've made and questioning, would it have been better if I had just done this? Would it have been better if I had just done that? When God is saying, you need to get your mind on my plan. You need to trust the plan that I have for you and quit dwelling on the plan that you have for you. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, it begins with trust. It begins with trust. It doesn't begin with understanding. It doesn't begin with knowing all the answers. It begins with trusting the Lord and leaning not on our own circumstances. Verse 39 We pick up, it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. 
But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to visit me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. See, when Mary was overwhelmed by this plan, when she was overwhelmed by what this angel was telling her, she gave up control. And then I think it's amazing that she ran to a trusted friend. Many translations say immediately she got up and ran to a trusted friend. But this wasn't just any friend. This was Elizabeth, who was a godly woman, who was older than her, and who was on the same journey she was on, but she was a little further along. See, every detail of this story is so important. And if you remember, the angel said to Mary, your cousin Elizabeth is also with child. That was a clue. Your cousin Elizabeth is also with child. Now, if you know any of the backstory, Elizabeth should have not been able to have a child. That's why the angel says, she who is said to have been barren is six months along. See, what he's telling Mary is you're not alone in this situation that you're in. There's somebody else who is experiencing an impossible pregnancy. There's somebody else who's walking the same journey that you are on, where people said it is impossible that she could ever carry a child. There's someone else on the same journey that you are on, and Mary runs to that friend. And I would ask you, where do you run when you're overwhelmed? Where do you run when you're overwhelmed? Who do you run to when you're overwhelmed? Because if you're like me, Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed by your circumstances, whenever you're in a situation that is less than ideal, you immediately have two categories of people in your mind of who you could run to. You can run to your friends that you know are going to join you in your misery. You can run to your friends that you know are going to join you in your pity party. You can run to your friends who you know you can count on to be like, man, you're right, you are in deep trouble. There is no way you can do this. You, you should try to back out. You should see if you can get out of this whole thing because you're in big trouble. And then there are those friends that you know you can run to that you're not really going to want to hear it, but they're going to call more out of you. And they're going to remind you that, no, you actually can do what God has called you to do. I love that the Bible says in that moment, it says, when Elizabeth saw Mary in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you bear. Mary ran to someone who loudly confirmed the word of God over her life loudly spoke the word of God over her life, loudly reminded Mary of what God had spoken to her. And we all need those people in our lives who will loudly confirm over our lives what God has spoken over them. Just this week, I was kind of dealing with some stuff related to the church that I'd never experienced before because I've never been like a pastor pastor before. I've been on staff at different churches. I've never been the lead pastor at a church. And so I have some different mentors that I call on. And I had this thing that for some reason, I just got really, really worried about it. And in hindsight, it's not a big deal. But I don't know if you've ever worried about something that's not a big deal. If you haven't, good for you. You're not normal. And and I was worrying about this thing, so I texted two of my pastor friends, and I texted like these long texts with all these details. You know, you want to really fill them in about this is what I'm, this is the kind of what I'm looking at, this is what I'm thinking, does this seem normal, all this kind of stuff. I literally got like two word texts back from both of them, like, "Yep, normal." I was like, "Elaborate, please." And, and they texted me back, no, this is all the time. This is normal. This is the kind of thing. This is what I saw last month. One of them was like, oh, that thing that happened to us last month. No big deal. 
no big deal. And it completely changed the environment of my entire week, just hearing from someone else, no, that's right. No, that's normal. No, that's fine. Don't worry about it. And these were people that were what? Further along in the journey that I'm on than I am. And so we need to have people in our lives who are further along on the journey than we are, that we can call on, that we can just get a sense of normalcy, that we can just get a confirmation of what God has spoken in our lives. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We all need people to help us up. But there's another side of that coin, which is who are you helping to pick up? Because we all need someone to help us up. But just as we all need someone to help us up, someone needs us to help them up. And I think so often what we're looking for is when we fall is, when, is, is this idea of God, who is going to pick me up? Who's going to carry me along? Who is going to do for me what I need? When so often what we need to do is be looking for people that we can pick up because there are not enough people in this world who are looking for people to pick them up when they fall. The world is full of people who are willing to pile on somebody when they fall. The world is full of people who are willing to remind someone why they fell. The, the world is full of people who are willing to comment from afar about someone's state when they fall. But there are not enough people in the world who are willing to pick someone up when they fall. And we have got to be the kind of people that people can run to when they are overwhelmed and they know that we're going to pick them up. We're going to lift their spirits. We're going to remind them of what's inside of them. We're not going to pile on. We're not going to remind them that they can't do it, that they can't step into it. We're going to call more out of them. And that is what Elizabeth does in this moment. In just a few sentences, she loudly reminds Mary that she is blessed and highly favored that she is blessed and highly favored. And then immediately, what I love is verse 46. It says, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. In that moment, it says Mary's soul magnified the Lord. Mary's soul magnified the Lord after this encounter with Elizabeth. And I just wonder what you magnify when you're overwhelmed. What do you magnify when you're overwhelmed? Because so often when we're overwhelmed, we magnify our circumstances. So often when we're overwhelmed, we magnify the problem. So often when we're overwhelmed, we magnify our fears. But in this moment, it says that Mary's soul magnifies the Lord. And I just got to be honest, so often when my soul should magnify the Lord, my mind magnifies my fears. So often when my soul should magnify the Lord, my mind magnifies my anxieties. So often when my soul should magnify the Lord, my mind magnifies the obstacle in front of me. And I'm going to ask the team to come up as we close this morning with that question of what do you magnify when you're overwhelmed? And here's the promise that I love in scripture about these moments when we're feeling overwhelmed. Because the holiday season can so often tend to bring out that sense of just being overwhelmed. 
just being overwhelmed. And I think what's interesting about the holidays is that so often, somehow, the holidays make us feel like we don't have enough. Like we don't have enough in us to do all of the social things we have to do, or we don't have enough finances to provide the things we want to provide. It just so often the holidays can make us feel like we don't have enough when really the story of Christmas is that Jesus is enough that Jesus is enough for whatever we're facing, for whatever we're walking through, for whatever is overwhelming us. Jesus is enough. Isaiah 43, 2 is this promise in scripture about when we are overwhelmed. And it says, when you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. See, the implication there is that we will walk through overcoming, overwhelming circumstances. We will walk through hard situations. We will walk through troubles, but that's exactly what we'll do. We'll walk through them. They will not overwhelm us. They will not take us over. I think so often the question is, the question that Mary faced, which is, are we willing to sacrifice our temporary comfort for God's eternal glory? Are we willing to sacrifice our temporary comfort for God's eternal glory? See, God was calling Mary into a new life, into doing something incredible for the earth, into doing something that someone had no, that no one had ever done before, but she had to sacrifice her temporary comfort. She had to give up her temporary comfort. She, she had to physically bear this child. She had to emotionally bear the weight of everyone around her questioning how she was pregnant, how this could possibly be. She had to give up her God's eternal glory. And all throughout Mary's story, we see this phrase that Mary treasured and pondered what had been told to her. Mary treasured and pondered what God had trusted her with. And I think so often we can slip into this phase of kind of, of kind of despising the hard circumstances, despising the tough circumstances, despising the moments where we don't get exactly what we want. But it said that Mary treasured and pondered. See, Mary accepted the will of God and she treasured of God, and then she magnified the name of God. And that's what we have to do when we're walking through overwhelming circumstances, is that in order to not be overwhelmed by our circumstances, we have to submit to the will of God and treasure his word. We have to submit to the will and we have to treasure his word, but then we have to magnify the name of God higher than our circumstances. We have to magnify the name of God higher than the things that we are walking through. See, if we continue to push for our way, for our will, for what we want, if we continue to magnify our problems and our struggles, we will be overwhelmed by them. But it's when we are reminded that God is with us that we can walk through troubled waters that those troubled waters will not overwhelm us, that those troubles of that fire will not overwhelm us if we remember that God is with us. Would you stand with me this morning and bow your heads all across the room?